In today's podcast, we are going to answer the following. Where does Inslee get his emergency authority? Where are the state legislatures? It's been over 30 days. Exactly what do the numbers from Washington say? Is COVID a pandemic or not? Where is it on the top causes of death list for Washington state? Is there any hope for small businesses? Is there any way to fight back? I think that you'll be surprised that there is a little bit of hope for Washington state businesses fighting back. The answer to all these questions will shock you. It's not what we are being told. This is the American's Guide USA podcast. Every liberty we have as Americans are and will be eroded away based on two assumptions that our liberty could impact, could impact, or could endanger public health, and the second is your liberty could impact or could endanger the environment. Every coulda, woulda they can blame the public for, every potential they can blame you for, they will take a little bit more of your liberty. So let's begin to answer some of these questions. Where is Governor Inslee getting his authority for these emergency powers? Uh, I'm going to do an RCW here, but I want you to keep it in mind because we're going to have to come back to it when we answer the question. Where are the legislatures? Because it's been over 30 days. RCW 4306.220. Section 1. The governor, after proclaiming a state of emergency and prior to terminating such, may, in the area described by the proclamation, issue an order prohibiting. So he's... Section 1 has these subsections. And I don't include every one because some of them are about Molotov cocktails. You're not supposed to have those. I'm just going to try to stick to the more pertinent ones. A. Any person being on public streets or in the public park or at any other place, public place that is, during the hours declared by the governor to be a period of curfew. So he can ban that. B. Any numbers of persons as designated by the governor from assembling or gathering on the public streets, parks, or other areas of the state, either public or private. Oh, that's businesses, personal property, homes, even a place that you rent would be considered your home. E. The sale, purchase, or dispensing of alcohol beverages. Okay. F, the sale, purchases, or dispensing of other commodities or goods as he or she reasonably believes should be prohibited to help preserve and maintain life, health, property, or the public peace. My first thought was, well, that doesn't include services. The tattoo guy, the hair parlor, the person who does the masseuse. But let's keep reading. G, the use of certain streets, highways, or public ways by the public. And H, such other activities as he or she reasonably believes should be prohibited to help preserve and maintain life, health, property, or the public peace. So there you go. Anything that they think they can, oh, this might not be safe for haircuts, this might not safe, be safe for the tattoo parlor, oh, anything that they want to, that they may want to convince themselves of is not safe, they can shut down. Skipping to section three. In imposing the restrictions provided by this RCW and to others, the governor may impose them for such times upon such conditions with such exceptions and in such areas of the state he or she from time to time deems necessary. So let's do the old European hand gesture of the royalty with a yawn with their little pinky up in the air. That's the kind of power our governor has. Five. Let's skip to that. 
any person willfully violating any provision of an order issued by the governor under this section is guilty of a gross misdemeanor. The legislature finds that the governor has broad authority to proclaim a state of emergency in any area of the state under this RCW 43.06.010. Another RCW 43.06.240 says the following. After the proclamation of state of emergency pursuant to RCW, we just listed it, every person who, one, willfully causes public inconvenience, annoyance, or alarm, or recklessly creates a risk thereof by, so it gives a list of things that would pertain to that, A, engaging in fighting or in violent, tumultuous, or threatening behavior. Well, that sounds like Chaz, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. To give you a picture of what that might look like. B, making an unreasonable noise or an offensively coarse utterance, gesture, or display, or addressing abusive language to any person present or, again, that would be Chaz, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Okay. C, dispersing any lawful procession or meetings of persons not being a peace officer of the state and without lawful authority. So that would be when the conservatives are having a peaceful rally and the Black Lives Matter Antifa come and try to break it up through violence and intimidation. That's unlawful to do. D, creating a hazardous or physically offensive condition which serves no legitimate purpose. Okay, Chaz, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Okay, got it. Don't do none of that. Or else you'll be guilty of causing public inconvenience, annoyance, or alarm, or recklessly creates a risk thereof. Number two, engages with at least one other person in a course of conduct as defined in what we just talked about of this section, which is likely to cause substantial harm or serious inconvenience or annoyance or alarm and refuses or knowingly fails to obey an order to disperse made by a peace officer shall be guilty of disorderly conduct and be punished by imprisonment in the jail or the county jail for up to 364 days or fined not more than $1,000 or by both fine and imprisonment. Where were they there in Chaz? Come on. Oh, there was no state of emergency. That's why. Under RCW 43.06.250, any person upon any public way or on any public property within the area described in the state of emergency who is directed by a public official to leave the public way or public property and refuses to do so shall be guilty of a misdemeanor. Interesting, doesn't talk about private property there. RCW 43.06.260. After the proclamation of a state of emergency as provided in all these RCWs, any person 16 years of age or over who violates any provision of all these RCWs shall be prosecuted as an adult. So that is kind of the highlights of where Governor Inslee gets his authority. And we'll answer later, where are the legislators? But let's first look at the science. We're always told, uh, follow the science, believe the science. Follow the science. So what is the science? Washingtonians are being told by the governor and a media that waits with bated breath for the next COVID case to report that due to the rising cases, we need to shut down our state again. But how bad is it really? We are told we are in the middle of a pandemic. So how many deaths are out there in our state? 
Since we're in the middle of a pandemic, COVID must be killing tens of thousands in this state, right? COVID is probably the number one cause of death in this state. It's a pandemic after all. Before I begin with the data, the science, I challenge anyone with a fifth grade education to go to the Washington State COVID data pages and the Washington statistical pages on leading causes of death and do a little bit of fifth grade math and prove that what I am presenting here is wrong. So what is the data the science is telling us? As of November 16th, 2020, there have been 134,121 confirmed cases of COVID, not deaths, COVID. I thought that would be the number of deaths. We're in a pandemic, but the number of deaths is 2,571 from the virus. I thought we're in a pandemic. The death rate of those who have been confirmed to have COVID is 2%. If you get COVID, you have a 2% chance of dying from it. This doesn't take into account therapeutics or the new vaccines or better overall treatment plans for COVID. But that is the data. That is the science. The Washington State statistical data shows the cause of death for our state. The most recent data is from 2018. To be fair, I took the time of the first case of COVID in Washington until yesterday, and I annualized the number, which means I estimated out for the first for the first full year. I did this so I can compare it with other yearly reported causes of death from 2018. The result is an expected 677 more people will die in our state before the COVID anniversary of February 28, 2021. That is the statistical data. That is the science. So where does this number put COVID in the list of causes of death in our state? The COVID pandemic is behind cancer, which is not a pandemic, behind heart disease, which is not a pandemic, Alzheimer's disease, which is not a pandemic, and even accidental death, which is not a pandemic. That is right. COVID is the fifth leading cause of death in Washington state. That is the data. That is the science. How does it make you feel that our governor has destroyed businesses due to the fifth leading cause of death in our state? You have 3.94 more chances of dying from cancer than you do COVID. How does it make you feel that our governor has decided what businesses are essential or not based on data on the fifth leading cause of death in our state? You have 3.55 more chances of dying from heart disease than you do COVID. How does it make you feel? People in nursing homes and hospitals have to die alone because our governor has locked the state down due to the fifth leading cause of death. You have 1.16 times more chances of dying from Alzheimer's disease than you do with COVID. How does it make you feel? Our governor is telling you how many people you can have over, how you can celebrate the holidays, and so on. You have 1.05 more chances or just a little bit more chance of dying from accidental death than you do COVID. How does it make you feel? Our governor is causing panic by emphasizing how dangerous the virus is, shutting things down, making things scarce when you are statistically more likely to die of accidental death than COVID. That's the numbers. That's the science. 
But the numbers still tell a different story, making this farce of a pandemic even more egregious. The average life expectancy of Washingtonians is 80.4 years of age. The data from the Washington COVID website shows that 50%, that is half, of all COVID deaths are for those 80 and above. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to say, hey, I wish those people were dead or they lived too long. I, just like anybody else, want our relatives to live long. I want to live long. So I'm happy for anybody that can live longer than the average uh, rate of death here in Washington state. But we got to just look at the numbers. The numbers aren't mushy-gushy-feely. They're just numbers. So if you take those who are statistically going to die, or as the Washingtonian numbers would show, already died, or those making up 50% of the COVID deaths in Washington state. So if we take that 50% of those numbers, because statistically they should be thrown out, because that's what the statistics show, that they're not going to, they're just going to be dying anyway. Let's take a look at how things look now. So again, not to be heartless or insensitive to this age group, but factual and true to the data, true to the science, that is the numbers. If you toss out those numbers to stick to what would be known earlier due deaths due to COVID, it would make COVID the eighth leading cause of death in Washington. So this is now the numbers. You are 7.87 times more likely to die of cancer. You are 7.1 times more likely to die of heart disease. You are 2.3 times more likely to die of Alzheimer's disease. You are 2.1 times more likely to die of accidental death. You are 1.85 times more likely to die of respiratory disease. You are 1.78 times more likely to die of stroke or other brain diseases. You are 1.1 times more likely to die of diabetes than COVID. In fact, your chances of dying are just above your chances of dying from suicide, or as the state likes to call it, intentional self-harm. This is the numbers, this is the data, this is the science that the state nor the media want you to know about. Again, I challenge anyone with a fifth grade education to go to the Washington web pages and prove me wrong. Our governors declared a state of emergency. Where is the emergency? Where is the high death rate? We are being denied our rights given by God and recognized by both the U.S. Constitution and the Washington State Constitution. Families, businesses, individuals are being denied from operating their businesses, denied their full education, being denied their continuing education that they paid for, denied their rights to be with relatives, loved ones, friends, all based on an overtly exaggerated lie that we have a pandemic. What do we do? Okay, so now we know this. What do we do? Well, let me just tell you about some things that the emergency power does not do. It does not give the government the right to have uh, companies go bankrupt because of his actions. He doesn't have the right to determine which businesses are essential. He doesn't have the right to take people's jobs away. He doesn't have the right to force people onto unemployment. He doesn't have the right to deny people their livelihoods. He doesn't have the right to deny people their liberty. He doesn't have the right to deny them their happiness. These things that the emergency power does not give him rights to do, but he is doing these in droves. RCW 43.06.220 says, Section 8. Such other activities as he or she reasonably believes should be prohibited to help, to help, this is the whole reason for it, to help preserve and maintain life. 
health, property, or the public peace. The governor is in violation of his own emergency orders because he is destroying, not preserving people's livelihood. He is destroying people's property, their businesses. He is destroying the public peace by causing stress, depression, anxiety in the public arena. He is in violation of his own order because he is destroying the lives of millions of affected businesses, owners, and employees because they have a death rate less than accidental death. These untold millions of affected people are affected far more by a state-created emergency mandate than the 2,571 who have died of COVID. Again, from the Emergency Powers Act, RCW 43.06.220, number four. No order or orders concerning waivers or suspensions of statutory obligations or limitations under this section of this section may continue for longer than 30 days unless extended by the legislature through concurrent resolutions. So that goes back to my original question. Where is the legislature? It's been over 30 days. I have heard of no approval from the legislatures on extending this emergency. Has anyone? That's a rhetorical question because the answer would be no. This is from the House Republican website. Question. Have legislative leaders approved an extension on the governor's stay home, stay healthy order? Answer. No. A lot of people have asked, have, le- have legislatures approved an extension of the governor's stay home, stay healthy order? The answer is simply no. And I'm quoting right off their webpage. The governor structured this order to avoid having to ask for legislative approval to extend it. He issued it under emergency powers that authorize him to prohibit activities during the entire length of time he deems a state of emergency to to exist. RCW 43.06.220, Section 1. End of quoting. That's why I said remember this RCW because we're going to have to come back and visit it and say, where are the legislatures? So somehow the Republican Party of the House has decided that the governor doesn't need to go back to the legislatures to extend it beyond 30 days. And let's see if we can find their reasoning for it. It says here under part one, the governor after proclaiming a state of emergency and prior to terminating such, may an area described by the proclamation issue an order prohibiting. Okay, A, any person being on public streets or in public parks or in any other public place during the hours declared by the governor to be a, in a period of curfew. Nah, that doesn't give him the power. B, any numbers of persons as designated by the governor from assembling or gathering on public streets, parks, or other open areas of the state, either public or private. Now that doesn't give him the power. C. The manufacture, transfer, use, possession, or transportation of Molotov cocktail or any other device, instrument, or object designed to explode or produce uncontained combustion. Well, now that doesn't give him the power. D. The transportation, possession, or using of gasoline, kerosene, or combustible, flammable, or explosive liquids or material in a glass or uncontained uncapped container of any kind except in connection with the normal operation of motor vehicles, normal home use, or legitimate commercial use. Now that doesn't give them the power. E. The sale, purchase, or dispensing of alcohol beverages. No, that doesn't give them the power. F. The sale, purchase, or dispensing of other commodities or goods as he or she reasonably believes should be prohibited to help preserve and maintain life, health, property, or the public peace. 
So that's sale and purchase or dispensing of commodities or goods. No, nope, that doesn't give them the, the authority. G, the use of certain streets, highways, or public ways by the public. Nope. I don't give them the authority. And finally, the last part, H. Such other activities as he or she reasonably believes should be prohibited to help preserve and maintain life, health, property, or the public, or the public peace. So you're telling me that the House Republicans are saying that this little section overrides the other section of this executive emergency powers to be accountable to the people we voted in to represent us? I, I, I'm baffled. Where are the Republicans? Why do they have no backbone? They're just kowtowing. I, I can't, I, I, I'm at a loss of words. How can we not be sitting there saying, no, I need to stick up for the people that voted for me. They need to look at the real data, the real science, and say this is nonsense. So this is where our legislatures are. They are nowhere to be found. I'm very frustrated and angry about that. This is from our Washington Constitution. It's the Articles, the Declaration of Rights. The first part. All political power is inherent in the people. So whatever the state does, we the people are supposed to be able to do. And governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. So... Is our government protecting our individual rights to operate a business, to be gainfully employed, to not have the government come around and harass us with huge $10,000 fines as we are in the pursuit of our own businesses, our own life, our own liberty, our own happiness? No. This, this Emergency Powers Act and the way the legislatures are handling it is in total contradiction to what our Washington State Constitution says. Especially when you look at the numbers and you have more chance of dying of accidental death than you do of COVID. Part two, the Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the land. That's nice. That means that the Washington State Constitution bows the knee to the U.S. Constitution, which guarantees our rights as well. Section three, no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. I had to wonder how this works for businesses and farms that are fined $10,000 for not complying with the adopted LNI requirements. And I did some research on this. LNI can just go ahead and willy-nilly make up any law or rule that they want. And they can just do whatever they want and give anybody a fine. And even though it says $7,500, they can do more of the fine. So that's why you have $10,000 instead of $7,500. So they are fined because they're putting employees in dangers. L and I would say, can they prove that in the court of law? Was there a positive tested employee there working, infecting others? No, they are just fined because they assume guilt without due process. And I, I can really go on because it really irritates me how we have a system that's put up there to just take away your rights, to take away everything that you're doing just because uh, someone doesn't want to look at the real math, the real science. But I want to show you something. We're talking about something that I saw in a public domain before I started doing this podcast. And I called to verify that what's on the public domain is true. And the receptionist said, yes, it's true. And this is what it said. This is from Peggy Dennis. It says, small businesses, 
If you choose to stay open and are fined, we will represent your business pro bono to fight the fine. As a small business ourselves, we understand that there these new restrictions may result in the closures of many of our fellow businesses and our community as a whole. In an effort to support our community, Selsky Law will offer these pro bono services to these businesses in an effort to fight these new restrictions. Let's keep our community thriving together. Thank God for this law office of Selsky Law for standing up for the American people, our Washington Constitution, our U.S. Constitution, and against tyranny. This is tyranny, what they're doing. All because you might have a little less chance of dying of COVID than accidental death. So good for them. Just look up them, their Selsky. That's uh, C-E-L-S-K-I Law. Look them up. You'll find them. They are in Washington. They didn't put their contact information here, so I'm not going to give it, but look them up. This is on a public domain. Section 4, which is our right to petition assemble, the right of petition and of the, uh, petition and of the people peacefully to assemble for the common good shall never be abridged. So we get to complain. We get to have uh, redress of grievances. We get to bring this stuff up. They can't make us be quiet. They can't force us to be quiet. If they do, they're breaking the law. Every person may freely speak, write, and publish on all subjects being responsible for the abuse of that right, which is what I'm doing here. And I'm sure people will not like what I'm saying. But good. Don't, don't like what I'm saying? Prove me wrong in the math. Do a little bit of fifth grade math. Prove me wrong in the math. So what can we do? We got one company finally standing up. I'd like to ask the other lawyer companies out there, where are you? So I want to talk about equal protection under the law. The Equal Protection Clause is from the text of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The clause, which took effect in 1868, provides... Nor shall any state deny to any persons within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. It mandates that individuals in similar situations be treated equally by the law. A primary motivation for this clause was to validate the equality provisions contained in the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which guaranteed that all citizens would have the guaranteed right to equal protection by the law. I have a couple questions. Where is the equal protection when large retailers are allowed to sell alcohol and the local pub cannot? Where is the equal protection when large retailers are allowed to have 25% capacity and small businesses are told they cannot have anyone in their business, that all their businesses must be done on the street corner or drive up? Where is the equal protection of the law when actions of the government force businesses to shut down and others to prosper? Where is the equal protection of the law when people lose their jobs due to government actions while the others keep their jobs? What the governor of Washington is doing, Inslee, is he is violating the equal protection clause. He is causing things to happen in people's lives, denying them their liberty, denying them their property, denying them the pursuit of happiness, all because you have a slightly less chance of dying of COVID than accidental death. I'm going to refer back to RCW 43.06.210. The state of emergency shall cease to exist upon the issuance of a proclamation of the governor declaring it terminated, provided that the governor must, let me say that again, the governor must terminate said state of emergency proclamation when order has been restored to the area affected. Well, we've never lost order. 
And if you look at the numbers, we've never had a pandemic. If the death rate is below that of accidental death in Washington state, that sure sounds like order has been restored to me. If the governor cannot justify an emergency order to shut down the state for cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, or accidental death, then he shouldn't have one for COVID deaths. We have order. There is no uprising. There is no significant health risk. Open the state back up and get off your high horse, Inslee. Under the emergency declaration, we have the right to free speech and peaceable assembly. Under the Washington State Constitution, we have the right to free speech and peaceable assembly. Under the United States Constitution, we have the right to free speech and public assembly. Peaceable public assembly. Now organize yourselves, equipped with the data from the Washington State. And remember, this data comes from Washington State itself. I just did some fifth grade math, and I'm asking any critic to go to these same web pages and do the fifth grade math, just like I did, so you can see the truth for yourself, what the real science and the real numbers are saying. Have peaceful protests. Have huge rallies. Don't take this sitting down. Contact your government representatives and educate them. Get them involved. Buy local to save our small businesses. Now back to my original statement. Every liberty we have as Americans are and will be eroded away based on two assumptions. That your liberty could, could impact uh, public health. And the second is your liberty could, could impact or endanger the environment. Every coulda, woulda, they can blame the public for. Every potential thing they can blame you for, they'll take a little bit more of your liberty away. Now, which employer... That the state shut down, can they prove their actions caused the death of someone with COVID? Which unemployed person can they prove their actions caused the death of someone with COVID? Which business with an LNI fine can they prove their actions caused the death of someone with COVID? That's interesting. You only have a 2% death rate as it is, and they're going to shut down these businesses because you could possibly have someone with COVID and they could possibly have someone come through your business, catch it, and they could possibly with a 2% death rate die. Then finally, just like other great moments in history and mankind, we have one more thing we can do. Civil disobedience. And I want to give you the definitions of civil disobedience. Refusal to obey a law as a result of moral objections, especially through passive resistance, just like Gandhi. A form of social protest involving the action but non-violent refusal to obey certain laws, demands, or commands of the established authority because they are considered to be a morally wrong or detrimental, just like Martin Luther King. Those are passive resistance. This is civil disobedience. Finally, another definition. A group's refusal to obey a law because they believe the law is immoral, as in protest against discrimination. Nothing in civil disobedience is violent. Nothing in civil disobedience is destructive. If you, yes, you, you listening right here, right now, will not stand up for your rights or your neighbor's rights, then liberty has fallen to the ground and we no longer have a free society. Welcome to your new master. I just want to finish with one more quote. We can either do this, or we can do what a great man has once said, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, 
for the people shall not perish from the earth. President Abraham Lincoln. <laughs>